Welcome to the Money Answer Show with host Jordan Goodman. Whether you are starting out, deep into your retirement, or somewhere in between, the Money Answer Show has the know-how to help you. Now here's your host, Jordan Goodman. Welcome to the Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Patrick Yip. He is the Director of Business Development at One Gold, which is a way for people to buy physical gold, and he's an expert on the whole gold market. Welcome to the Money Answer Show, Patrick. Hey, thanks for having me on, Jordan. Just give us a little bit of your background and how you got to where you are today. Yeah, so I'm sure many of you guess, uh, many of you you guys will remember uh, what happened in 2008. Um, back then, I had your typical portfolio of stocks and bonds, and when the financial crisis hit, my portfolio got chopped in half. Um, so I then asked my financial advisor, like, what the hell happened? Um, I recall him saying something like, no one could have predicted that crash. Uh, th- that got me looking into Austrian economics and precious metals. Uh, during 2008, gold actually initially corrected, uh, but then ended up the, in the year. So in 2011, I joined Atmex. I'm now the director of business development at Atmex and OneGold. Um, Atmex is the largest online precious metals dealer in the U.S. Uh, we've been in business for north of 20 years, done 15 billion in lifetime sales. I've been with the company for about 12 years now. I've had various roles in merchandising, sales, project management, marketplaces, and now business development. And most recently, I began, began running the company's uh, online investment platform, um, called One Gold, and what One Gold is is allows customers to buy a vaulted position of gold, silver, and platinum. And One Gold's done about 900 million in transactions in its first four years in business. So let's kind of talk about the gold market. Gold's had quite a move lately. Uh, what is the reason that gold's gone so much up, uh, so, so dramatically up in the last few weeks or so? I think a lot of it comes down to inflation, and I think one of the important things to discuss right now is is obviously the hot topic in the market is inflation. Um, and we could get into like what we've seen in the past and then how different assets are likely to perform if that works for you. Um, but yeah. I mean, we're, we're currently about two years into the inflationary cycle right now. So just back in January of 2021, um, inflation was only 1.4%. Um, and many people are feeling pinched. Um, the last time we had inflation at these levels where it was the 1970s and the 1960s. I think if history repeats, inflation will likely be here for several years. Um, so if you look at the 1960s, it took the Fed nine years to resolve inflation. So quite a bit of time. Um, in the 1970s, it got a little bit better. It took them five years to resolve inflation. Um, who knows what, what will happen this time? Obviously, as I mentioned, we're two years in. Um, and then I think it's important to note in the past to resolve inflation, the Fed had to increase its Fed funds rate to above the inflation rate. Um, this could either be a combination of things. One is inflation falling, two, the Fed increasing interest rates, which they're certainly doing, or three, a combination of both. Um, and based on the latest jobs data, which was stronger than expected and not what the Fed wanted to see, it looks like inflation is not going to go away anytime soon. Well, well the, the argument from the Federal Reserve would be they raised rates seven times in 2022. They're probably going to raise again uh, this week. Um, that it's working. Inflation had been over 9% at the CPI. Now it's down to 6.5%. It's going to the 5 So within a few months, they'll have it pretty well under control. And so this inflation scare has, has been dealt with by the Fed, so people don't have to worry about it. What would be your retort to that? <laughs> I think you still have a while to go. I mean, the current Fed funds rate right now is 4 4.5%. They're going to increase rates tomorrow. I think the, the word in the street is it's going to be 25 basis points. The current inflation rate is 6.5%. So there's still that 200 basis point delta. I mean, who knows what will happen, whether it's inflation going down, the Fed funds rate going up. But I just know in the past what has happened is inflation tends to get sticky. Like it's easy to reduce it from like the 9 to 8 to the 7 to the 6 now, but it doesn't go as easily down from the 6 to 5 to 4 to 3. Um, so I think that that last, the next couple hundred basis points are going to be extremely difficult for the Fed. 
I mean, the argument they also make is it's a temporary, or the, the word they used for a long time was transitory situation because of uh, the pandemic and the economy being shut down and then all of a sudden opening up and having huge demand and shortages of products. And that's pretty much over now that COVID is, is pretty much under control. So this was all a kind of a temporary situation that's pretty much under control. Is that what you would think? I don't think so, too. And as I mentioned, that jobs data, too, which was stronger than expected. So obviously, if, if people are having jobs, um, they're spending money. That's causing inflation. Um, obviously, it's good for consumers, you and I and, and the, the general public, but uh, it's not great for, for what the Fed wants to see. The Fed wants to see that demand start tapering down, uh, people to start saving more um, and, and not going out, not spending, not traveling. And obviously, that's going to pu push inflation down. So seeing a strong jobs data um, in, in the last release is not not great for the Fed. What's normally the relationship between the price of gold and interest rates? Interest rates have been rising here. Normally, I think of rising interest rates as being bad for gold. But in this case, we've had rising interest rates and gold's been going up. Yeah, I think it comes down to real interest rates. Like, what are the what are the, what's the current interest rate versus what what is the real interest rate too? So, like, are you actually getting a positive yield? And if you look back into like the 1980s, for example, you had Paul Volcker, and inflation was running around 15 percent. Um, I think in 79 or 80, and then Paul Volcker increased the, the Fed funds rate to 20 percent. So he just said, okay, I'm going to tackle inflation. I'm going to raise it to 500 basis points above the the current inflation rate. That would be like like. Um, Jerome Powell saying, hey, you know what, I'm going to increase the Fed funds rate from four and a half to 11 today. Um, obviously not going to happen, but obviously with with the real interest rates going positive back in the 1980s, that caused gold to correct from 800 down to, let's say, like two to three hundred dollars. So gold is a global phenomenon, it's just not just a U.S. one. Uh, central banks around the world are also raising interest rates pretty sharp. The European Central Bank, Japanese, the Chinese, the Indians, the Canadians, Australians. So uh, is this is that in general good or bad for gold when central banks around the world are coordinated in raising rates? I think you're seeing gold appreciate in all worldwide currencies on a long term basis. I think people are looking at it, too. And I almost look at gold as money without a country. Obviously, you have the U.S. dollars, Canadian dollars, Japanese yen and, and whatever. The problem about any currency is is the, the governments of whatever currency you're using are always printing more of it. Um, you certainly had that in the U.S. where they're saying like I think north of like like I think it was some some crazy stat where like about 50 or 60 percent of all the money in existence was printed since COVID. Um, I mean, what it makes you question, what's a dollar worth if the if the Federal Reserve could just make more of it? I mean, you and I work work all day long. We earn dollars and then someone just hits a couple buttons and, and makes more of those. Um, so I think with gold, it, it naturally increases around one or two percent a year in, in terms of its supply. You can't easily just pull it out of the ground. It takes a lot of lot of labor, it takes a lot of fuel, it takes a lot of effort to pull it out. So I think people are looking towards, they just want to run towards something that has thousands of years of history that, that someone cannot easily manipulate. So back in 1971, President Nixon took the dollar off the gold standard. And some people would say that's the reason we've had so much inflation over the last few years is there was no nothing backing the, the currency in effect. Do you, do you agree with that? Or is it something you think should should be reinstated? Should we go back on something like the gold standard? Yeah, I mean that that's a difficult question whether or not that's the right decision or not. And it's just to, to me, it's like the the more important thing is is how could you put a rein into some of this spending? Um, right now, it's easy for any politician, whether you're Democrat, Republican, just to to make 
just print more money, give more more money to the people, um, and just to buy votes. And and unfortunately, this is not working great for for any of us because you're seeing everything go up. You go to Costco, you go to Target, you get gas. Everything's more expensive in the last couple of years, and and it's a function of just this not having control over that mon- money supply. So the other thing that's going on right now is the fear that we may default on the national debt in the United States, that the Republicans are going to attach big spending cuts to the debt ceiling increase bill. The Democrats are not willing to go along with that. You could have a a real crisis and potentially default on national debt. How would that affect uh, gold, do you think? I think that would that would dramatically affect the price of gold. I remember back in uh, I forgot what year it was, but uh, one of the credit agencies downgraded the U.S. Uh, government debt. Um, it was a Friday evening. Um, I, I forget what year it was. I think, I think it could have been. It was two thousand. Yeah, two thousand eleven. 2011. Yeah, I believe that sounds right. But anyway, that caused a massive run in in precious metals. And unfortunately, like for a company like Atmex, is we hedge our positions too. So we have to go long a certain number of ounces into the weekend. And obviously, with with the demand just picking up, a lot of people ran to precious metals. Um, it caused record sales. We had some crazy sales days back in that day. But I think any any type of risk uh, that the U.S. may default is is just going to be people running to gold. So let's let's think that out. So let, let's say we do default to national debt. We hope we don't, but let's say we do. What would that mean for gold? People would use gold in a form of exchange instead of dollars? I mean, how would this play out? I think the bigger question is, is what happens to the value of the dollar? Because at that point, it's it's the dollar is the world reserve currency right now. You have all these sovereign countries around the world buying treasuries. Um, at what point do they just say, hey, I'm going to just run from dollars and, and it causes the dollar to crash? Um, I mean, gold may gold will likely maintain its purchasing power. But I mean, what happens to to American society if, if every other country in the world starts running away from dollars? Which has already been happening. I mean, the Chinese and the Russians and the Saudis and others have been trying to move away from the dollar in various ways. So this would accelerate what's already been happening to some extent. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I would. And honestly, I don't blame them either. It's it's if if I wouldn't want to hold a lot of lot of dollars right now, even in my own. I do have some U.S. dollars for liquidity purposes, but I wouldn't want the majority of my assets in dollars, considering the federal government's just printing more of them. Now there is a new kind of monetary system coming in. I'm not sure exactly when, but pretty soon, called the QFS, which I understand is gold backed. Is that correct? And how might that affect the price of gold? I am actually not aware of that uh, monetary system, to be honest. Yeah, it's coming in very soon, and it's, they're saying that it's going to be backed by gold in, in various ways. So that would probably be, be good for gold. So now let's talk about gold itself and different ways of, of getting it. You, you're in the physical gold business. Now you do it where people hold it in, in your vaults. You don't actually send out uh, bars and coins to people. Is that right? Yeah, so we have two companies over here, and I would say just to take a step back too, there's different ways to own precious metals. I mean, one is is you could buy the physical metal, so you buy gold and silver coins, bars, and rounds. Um, two is you buy um, vaulted metal through a company like One Gold, where your metal is secured at a Brinks or Loomis vault. Um, a third option is through an exchange traded fund, such as the GLD or SLV. Um, a fourth way is buying mining shares, um, and then a fifth way is trading futures. And we could get into more of these in, in greater detail if you want. So what would be the advantage of holding it the way you do in vaults as opposed to having the physical gold or silver in your household? Yeah, so starting with physical, I mean, we do sell that stuff too through appmex.com. The the nice part about 
physical gold is tangible. It's off the grid. It can't be hacked. Um, taxes are self-reported. It's aesthetically own it, uh, pleasing to own. Um, the biggest con about that, too, is, is every single time I tell someone to get into gold, they start with a couple thousand dollars, then it becomes tens of thousands. And maybe if you're fortunate enough, it becomes a six or seven figure sum. And the problem with holding a six or seven figure sum of gold is, is it, it exposes you to a lot of risk. Uh, many times people don't choose to insure it. So it stays in a home safe, stays you know buried in their backyard or whatever. And we want to have, have a solution too where customers could have basically the the pros of owning physical, but none of none of the downsides of of some of the liquidity risk or or you having to insure it. And that's why we came up with one gold. So you have a, a you get a certificate that says how much gold. What is the actual paperwork that people get if they hold it through one gold? So OneGold is like an online investment platform. Many people kind of call it the Robin Hood or Coinbase of precious metals because it's so intuitive and easy to use. Um, so back in 2018, Atmex partnered with Sprott Asset Management. And Sprott is basically a large alternative asset manager out of Canada with about $22 billion in assets under management to create OneGold. Um, as I mentioned, OneGold is a platform that allows you to buy, sell, and trade vaulted positions of gold, silver, or platinum. Um, we store the, the metal in various vaults around the world. You get to choose where you want to store it, whether it's in the U.S., Canada, Switzerland, or the U.K. What we do is we first start by having various agreements with vaulting companies such as Brinks or Loomis. We then source large metal bars from the wholesale market, so the 400-ounce gold bars, 1,000-ounce silver bars, and then we make the metal available on OneGold. When metal is purchased, it's owned 100% by the customer and does not appear on one gold's balance sheet. And prices are attractive. Since you typically own part of a larger bar, metal is sold for as low as 40 basis points or 0.4% over spot for gold and 1% over, over spot for silver. All the metal is insured and regularly audited. And lastly, if you decide you ever want to take possession of your physical metal, we offer a redemption option where your metal could be at one gold could be swapped for any of the 25,000 products available at Atmex. Um, and then many people are actually using one gold right now and redeeming for physical as premiums start to decline on the physical side. Yes, very good. We're going to take a break. This is Jordan Goodman of the Money Answers Show. My guest this hour is Patrick Yip. He is the Director of Business Development at Atmex and One Gold on their website, onegold.com. We'll be back after this. Nobody likes the guy who says, I told you so. The guy in 1991 who said to you, invest in the internet, it's going to be huge. Or the guy in 1997 who said, come on, this is going to be big. They call it social media. And the guy in 2009 who said, I'm telling you, man, crypto is real. Now, I'm not going to be that guy who says, I told you so. But I am telling you that there is a 21-year-old international company where you can become a global project partner, earning a passive income doing exactly what you're doing at this moment. No selling, no recruiting clients, no administering a business after hours. Visit www.mypassiveincome.life now. That's mypassiveincome.life. Don't let history repeat itself on this one. Earn a passive income. Now listen again. That's mypassiveincome.life. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective, plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access, all the time. 
We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Patrick Yip. He is Director of Business Development at Atmex and One Gold, uh, which is a way for people to buy uh, gold, silver, and platinum. You can find out more at their website, onegold.com. Welcome back to the show, Patrick. Hey, thanks for having me. So let's go through the different kinds again. We talked about the vaulted gold. Um, the advantage of physical gold is kind of a psychological thing, I guess, just having it in your house, you feel better, I suppose. So what would be the pros and cons of exchange-traded funds like a GLD or SLV compared to owning physical gold? Yeah, so with the GLD and SLV, they're by far the most popular ways to own precious metals. There's actually billions of dollars in, in both the GLD and SLV. The nice part about it is, is you could easily integrate it with your brokerage account. It has a ticker, obviously GLD and SLV. You could just buy it with a couple of clicks. You could sell it when you want it. Uh, basically, just like any stock, any mutual fund. That's a big pro of, of the GLD and, and SLV. The con too is is if you and what's funny is I don't know a lot of people who actually read investment prospectuses, but I actually took a look at that and I've read both the GLD and SLV. Um, they say the metal is not insured, um, which is to me a huge risk because you'd hate to say, hey, you got in at gold at nineteen hundred, now it's three thousand. Hey, I made a lot of money, um, and then. You, Whatever happens, the vault got broken into and all the gold got stolen and that gold that went from 1900 to 3000 is now gone. And, and you're like, well, it wasn't insured. You didn't read this perspective. So, I mean, that's one thing that you'd hate for it to happen. Another thing, too, is you look at where the metal is stored. They said it could be stored at a custodian, subcustodian or subcustodian of a subcustodian. So it's like, Jordan, if I said, hey, here's here's a gold coin. Could you hold on to it for me? And you're like, oh, don't worry. I gave it to my friend. And then your friend says, oh, don't worry. I gave it to my friend. And you're like, well, is my gold still there at some point? So I think that that's a little high-level overview of the GLD and SLV. I personally would not touch them, but like I said, they are great for liquidity. So why are they not insured? If this is an objection, why don't they get it insured? I, I don't know. I mean, that's that's a great question. It's like, unfortunately, I, I don't have it, a lot of insights in terms of who runs it or why they chose to go that structure. Obviously, that would that would increase the cost. And and that's another actually downside of, of the GLD and SLV. Sometimes it, I think their their management fees are approaching 50 basis points a year. So it's slowly eating away at your um, investment value. And obviously, insurance costs money and maybe they would have to increase it to 60 or 70 basis points. I don't know what, what they would need to, to insure it, but maybe they it was part of keeping the cost structure low. How does GLD track uh, the spot price of gold? I mean, it, overall, it does a, a decently well job. Um, it, it is not; it, it doesn't trade like obviously gold. Gold is at 1,900. A share of the GLD is roughly one tenth of the share of of one tenth the share uh, one tenth of the price of, of an ounce of gold. I think it's important to note that the GLD and SLV sometimes trade at a premium or a discount. Um, which is a, a big thing to consider too, because you'd hate to get it in, get in it, get in the GLD at a premium um, compared to the assets they have under 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 management, and then let's say it it goes to a discount at some point, and that's when you sold. So you 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 lose a little bit on that end. But there, like I said, I personally wouldn't touch the GLD and SLV. It just is not 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 the investment I want to be involved in. It's not something that you can, if you're an owner of GLD, you can't. Uh, exchange your shares for physical gold, correct? You don't have a call on the gold that they have. 
You actually do, but it is a is the share. You basically need to redeem 100,000 shares in the GLV, GLD, which is something like $18 million, which I would say the majority of investors will not have $18 million in gold. But technically, you could redeem it for physical gold. I see. So the other way to do it is uh, gold mining shares, which are much more volatile. Um, and, and there are junior miners and there are senior miners. What are the pros and cons of doing gold mining shares compared to physical gold and the ETFs? The biggest advantage of mining companies is your potential upside too. So like if gold went up by, let's say 100%, the mining, certain mining shares, depending on which they are, what they are, could go up two, three, four hundred, five hundred percent too. So you get that additional leverage um, to the upside, which some people are looking for. They said, hey, I'm a believer in gold. Um, why don't I buy the gold mining share? So, in, so I get a little additional leverage on this. Um, a couple of things I would say to consider before you get into that that space is, first of all, who's running the company? Um, do you know them? Do you do they have a good track record? Um, there's a saying that that a, a miner is a mining company is, is basically just a liar with hole in the ground. It's like, do you know that person? Are are they going to succeed in running their 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 mining company? Um, next is, what do you know about the property? Um, where is it based? Like, what kind of like what what kind of surveys have they done in the ground? Um, and then what country is it based? Is it Canada? Is it the U.S.? Or is it somewhere in an unsafe jurisdiction where you have potentially political risk? Um, there's a lot of things you need to be concerned about with a mining company. But, I mean, you, there are potential upsides with them as well. So it's leverage. If gold goes up, their costs remain pretty much the same. And so their profits would go up dramatically if they're getting more for the gold they're producing. Is that correct? Yeah, and, and a lot of a lot of times, mining companies when they do a valuation, they might say, "Hey, I'm valuing my gold at fifteen hundred dollars an ounce in the ground." And the thought there is, is they're they're not hedging the gold. So as gold goes up, instead of selling it for fifteen hundred dollars, they sell for two thousand dollars or twenty five hundred dollars, and they just basically take that incremental profit too. Um, if you do get in, involved in a mining share company, you you probably if if you're bullish to the precious metals, you do want one that is not hedging their their metal on the ground. There are also these royalty companies like a Franco Nevada gets a piece of royalties. What do you think of those? I mean, those are good for it. It obviously depends on on what your outlook of precious metals are, but like that that is something that that could certainly be beneficial for for the the right investor. So overall, we're roughly nineteen hundred dollars now since we've been over that. What is your longer term prediction as to what maybe in the next year? five years, just give me a rough idea of which direction you think it's going to be going gold. Yeah, so I think everything is cyclical. Um, and, and just to take a step back, and is let's let's look at things from 2000 to 2011. Um, and like back then, you had gold rally. Gold basically rallied from about $250 to about $1,900 um, in 2011 for basically a seven-fold gain. Um, stocks, on the other hand, kind of had a lost decade. I think many of you guys probably know that too. 2000 to 2010, stocks basically didn't go anywhere. Um, now you look at 2011 to, to basically 22, the, the beginning part of 22, you had stocks go from 1250 in the S&P to 4800 and gold basically didn't do much during that 2011 to 2022 period. I think given the current inflationary and rising interest rate environments, I think it's time for that cycle to reverse. Um, gold made its most recent low in 2015 around 1050. Um, we've seen it in the past where gold has done a 5x move in the 1960s. It's done an 8x move in the 1970s. Um, I would not be surprised to see a couple thousand dollar gold uh, maybe in the next several years. Well, okay. So let's talk about silver now briefly. So silver's got similar aspect, but it's much lower price. It's more of an industrial metal. What are the pros and cons of investing in silver versus gold? 
Yeah, so silver, is, it's a lot easier to buy. Obviously, gold is $1,900. Silver is around $24 right now, um, plus whatever your, your premium that you're paying over there. Um, it's a lot easier to get in, involved in it. Obviously, if, if you're buying physical and you buy an ounce of gold, it's $1,900. Some people have it. Some people said, hey, I only want to put a couple hundred dollars into metals every month. Silver, you could do, um, do that rel relatively easy. Uh, the nice part about silver, too, is if you look in the past when, when gold's rallied, um, silver typically rallied later than gold and to a much greater degree, too. So you had silver go up to $50 in the 1980s, um, $50 once again in 2011. Um, it's currently $24. I like to look at it, too, of, of what's your downside versus what's your upside. Um, we had silver crash down to about $12 in 2020 during that COVID crash when everything sold off. So my thing is, is maybe you got $12 in the downside from 24 to 12. Um, on the upside, it's been at $50 twice. So maybe you got 25 plus on the upside. Um, that's something I, I would say you look, you look at it and I, I would recommend buying some silver. Um, I own silver myself. Um, I think it's, I think it's a good buy. So, um, uh, the people often talk about the silver-gold ratio being kind of out of whack, that normally they're much closer. The difference between silver and gold is at its widest level in a long time. What is the significance of the silver-gold ratio? Yeah, so that that is basically the price of gold uh, divided by the price of silver. So the thought there is is like what is what is a what is an ounce of silver worth compared to gold? Um, the the, the gold-silver ratio has been as low as let's say sixteen back in in. Let's say I would say back. I mean, I don't even know back back when when currency was trading, but when you had gold and silver coinage, um, it's been as high as about 120. Um, it always fluctuates. The thought there is is obviously the higher it goes, the, the the more undervalued people say silver is, um, and the lower it goes, more the more undervalued you would say gold is. Um, it's currently around 80. Um, I, unfortunately, I, I don't know really. I don't have a ton of insight there. Um, I would just say, you know, you look at your upside you look versus your downside. I mean, maybe it goes higher, maybe it goes lower, but historically it's never been at 80 for very long. So, so maybe silver is undervalued compared to gold. So as far as silver coins, uh, again, you have, uh, I guess the U.S. Mint makes silver coins as well. You, you would recommend silver coins or bars. What would be the best way to hold silver? So when buying any product too, I would say you want to look at at what you could buy it for versus what you could sell it for. So your total bid ask spread or your round trip, and you could call any dealer. You could even call Atmex, and we'll we'll quote that to you right now too. And if the dealer doesn't quote that that buyback price, then I would say run away because you're probably not getting a great price. But I would say you look at look at the product that's going to offer you the the thinnest or narrower spread. Um, right now, I personally like one gold because you could you could basically buy gold at one percent over spot, sell it for thirty basis points back. So you, your your total round trip spreads around one point three percent. If you want physical gold, I would probably stay away from eagles. I personally like eagles, but I think the spreads are just way too wide right now. Um, I probably would recommend something like a hundred ounce silver bar. Why are the spreads on eagles so wide? A lot of it just comes down to supply and demand. You have um, the, the the mint is is basically has issues making a lot of coins um, on a high level is is they don't actually mint the the blanks these are the round discs that coins are made out of um, they source it through a third party um, company that is just basically supplying blanks to all the other world mints too so they're not getting all the 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 blanks that they need. Um, that's the first thing. And then the next thing is you're just seeing demand just run crazy in this. So like you're having limited supply, crazy demand, it's pushing premiums way high. 
Um, at one point, Atmex was charging north of uh, $15 over spot for uh, a Silver Eagle. Now the premiums have come down a little bit, but I, th- I just think the premiums are a little bit out of whack right now in Silver Eagles. So this is true on silver and gold, the spreads have widened, or more than, more than silver, you're saying? Yeah, I mean, silver in general, the spreads have widened, but silver eagles have, have by far one of, the, one of the worst spreads right now. Yeah, uh, okay. Um, and the other thing is numismatics. People say, well, that's another way to buy gold. What are the pros and cons of numismatics versus uh, pure bullion golds, coins? I would say, like anything in life, know what you're getting into. Um, there's people who make a living on numismatics, and there's people who get burned on numismatics and, and lose their, on their, their entire savings. So I would say know what you're getting. Um, know if it's a really good investment. It's hard to make a blanket statement whether they're a good or bad investment. It depends on the coin. It depends on what you get it at. Yeah, very good. We're going to take another break. This is Jordan Goodman, The Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Patrick Yip. He is the Director of Business Development at Apmex and One Goal, Ways of Buying Gold and Silver and Platinum. Uh, you can find out more at their website, onegold.com. We'll be back after this. Stocks, bonds, investment opportunities, financial news, and talk. We can help. Call us now toll-free, 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Do you or someone you love have a life insurance policy that's no longer needed or not affordable? Did you know that you can sell your policy for cash? Your reason for buying life insurance has probably changed. Thousands of Americans turn to life insurance settlements to help sell their policies. They act as your representative, getting the highest market offer for you. You've got nothing to lose by simply inquiring. If you're over 64 with $100,000 or more of life insurance, you may already qualify. Call 877-485-6681 to get your free non-binding appraisal or visit FundingLife.com. Life Insurance Settlements. Discover the true value of your life insurance. 877-485-6681. Jordan Goodman is an affiliate. He recognizes quality solutions, forming relationships to help improve the lives of his listeners. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Patrick Yip. He is Director of Business Development at Atmex and One Gold, which are ways for people to buy gold. Uh, You can find out more at their website, onegold.com. Welcome back to the show, Patrick. Hey, thanks again. We've talked about gold. We've talked about silver. Let's talk briefly about platinum. Uh, so what has been the recent price action in platinum and, and what is driving platinum prices? Yeah, so platinum is largely an industrial metal. It is used primarily in catalytic converters. 
Uh, I would say if you get if you're getting involved in precious metals, I think it's important to know like a company like Atmex in terms of like what what our sales are. And about I would say about 60 ish percent of our our sales are are gold. Uh, about 35 or so are silver, and then the remaining 5% is, is platinum and palladium. So uh, a small portion of, of our dollars that customers are spending go into these metals. But some people like to speculate. They said it's, it's also a precious metal, but platinum could go – it could go one of two ways. I mean, one, it could follow gold and, and trade with the precious metals, or two, it could follow um, industry and, and trade as an industrial metal. What's been happening with platinum lately? Um, I don't know. To I'm not as as close, but I know that platinum inventories have been extremely tight, um, which which is is interesting too. But I think you're also seeing um, less demand for it too. So that's why platinum has not um, done anything crazy too. Um, it's actually interesting because normally platinum trades at a premium um, compared to gold, and now platinum's at a little over a thousand ounce, thousand dollars an ounce, and and gold is is north of nineteen hundred dollars an ounce. So it's almost like half the price. And I know some people who are just speculating, just saying, hey, that maybe this, just like the gold silver ratio that we talked about earlier, um, there's a there's a platinum to gold ratio, and and people are saying, well, maybe I take advantage of platinum, um, and then maybe if if there's a day where platinum increases beyond the price of gold, I could swap this platinum and get more gold. Uh-huh. So right now it's depressed because of industrial. I mean, I, I assume it would kind of correlate to car sales since catalytic converters is a big part of it. And if people think the economy is going to be slowing, there'll be fewer car sales. That might be a reason platinum would go down. Does that make sense? Yeah. And, and what's weird is, is platinum used to be the primary um, catalyst and, and catalytic converters. And then platinum was pricey. I would say, I don't know, let's, let's say t- 10 years ago, let's say it was, it was a lot more pricier than palladium. So a lot of these catalytic converters, they start substituting palladium, and now palladium is now currently about seventeen hundred dollars an ounce. So obviously, it, it's it's a little bit weird. Um, the platinum and palladium do kind of trade together, but they they are somewhat could be substitutes too. You you offer palladium as well as platinum, is that right? Yeah, we do offer palladium. Uh, again, as coins or is in the vault, or how do you do palladium if you want to do that? Um, so palladium, we only sell palladium at Atmex. We sell um, physical palladium um, to, to mail to customers for physical delivery. Um, One Gold does not, unfortunately, offer palladium as an option, just because what we do with One Gold, as I mentioned, is we, we're buying industrial wholesale bars um, and storing it at a vault. Uh, there's just not a lot of demand for palladium, so we just chose not to offer that. So the average customer buying through you is going to save money over going out and buying a, a gold coin at their local coin shop. How does that work? Yeah, so when you're paying for a gold coin, you have to think about like, okay, so let's say the, a gold eagle, for example. Um, the gold comes from a mine. It's then refined into um, like, let's say, a, a 999 bar. Um, it then goes to a refinery. Um, they, they refine this thing out. They And the U.S. gold eagle is actually not um, 999 pure. So they actually put some alloys. They put copper and they put um, – uh, silver in there too. They then put it on flat sheets. They strike out the blanks. The U.S. Mint stamps the coins and they ship it to a dealer like Atmex. There's a lot of parties involved in that. Um, just to name a few of them, it's, it's like you have a lot of people touching it. So what happens with this gold eagle? It now has a, a higher premium um, compared to something like one gold, where one gold is getting a 400 ounce gold bar. So basically the gold's been mined, it's been refined, it's been put into a large bar, then it gets stored in a vault. So a lot less people involved in there. Um, so like with a gold eagle, you might be paying 
five six percent over spot. Whereas um, if you're pe- getting a position in one gold, you're, you're you could be paying as low as forty basis points um, over spot. Uh, I think the biggest thing is is are, do you want physical? Do you want vaulted? Uh, a lot of times people like people like gold, but they said, okay, well, what do I do? I get gold coins and I hide it. Um, that's a little weird to me. So they're just used to having something secure, and, and that's where one gold's an option. I'm not saying there's a right or a wrong. It just depends on on what your outlook in, in the world is and and where you want your metal. Now, nothing you offer is a rewards card tied to uh, precious metals. How does that work? Yeah, so this is something I am super excited about. Um, it's actually a, a thing that's been a couple of years in the making. Um, it's called the Bullion Card. Um, so back in, um, let's say, August, we launched the Bullion Card. It's the first precious metals rewards credit card that allows you to earn precious metals with everyday spend. So instead of your cash back card or your airline miles card, you're earning gold and silver. Um, so the card offers 4% back in gold and silver on Atmex and one gold purchases, uh, 1% back in gold and silver on all your other purchases. So this is gas, grocery, shopping at your favorite retailers, et cetera. Um, in addition, you get 15,000 bonus points, which have $150 value after you spend $1,500 in the first 90 days of account opening. So actually, I, it's funny. I, I, I got a card. I haven't got a card in 15 plus years. I got it. I bought an ounce of gold and I got the $150 back. So that first ounce of gold was well below spot, which I won't complain about. Um, the card has no annual fee. Um, we do offer a couple promotions too. So the card is offering 0% APR on purchases for 12 months and 0% APR for 12 months on balance transfers uh, made um, within the first 60 days of account opening. And there's actually two cards available too. So if you like physical metals, you could apply on Atmex. It's thebullioncard.atmex.com. And your points will be similar to a gift card balance where you can redeem them in any amount and at any time for any of the 25,000 products available at Atmex. Um, and if you prefer that uh, secured vaulted storage of precious metals, you can apply for the card on one gold. It's the bullion card dot one gold dot com. Uh, and then you could have your points automatically redeemed each month into gold, silver, or platinum. So it's basically a set it and forget it plan. Um, this That's the option I have is the one gold option. Every time I go to Costco, Target, I get gas. Um, I spend my bullion card and I get fractional ownerships in, in gold, silver, and platinum. And the way we can do that is because one gold sells um, precious metals in 0.001 ounce increments, as opposed to Atmex, there is no product that's that small. So when you actually buy physical gold through uh, one gold, you're getting 4% rebate in effect and 1% on all of the purchases. So your gold could be adding up over time. You have a, it's getting credits to your account. Is that the way it works? Yeah, it, it is. And, and what's funny is that even during this this pandemic era, it's like I have so many airline miles because and we're traveling. We're trying to travel a lot this year, too. But I've just been spending my American Airlines card. And unfortunately, we haven't been going anywhere because it's just hard to get anywhere with all these these international r- rules and regulations. So I just have a ton of airline miles just sitting in my account. And to me, it's like I'd rather have gold instead. Yeah. Yes, indeed. OK. Now, you also sell around the world. You, you can do this in uh swiss swiss francs or in euros or yen explain how that works yeah so when you open a one gold account too we ask for basically it's your your basic information your name your email your phone number and then your country of residence too so um, the majority of our customers being a u.s-based company are are in the u.s but if you select canada we offer 
Canadian dollar accounts. Um, if you if you're in one of the eurozone countries, uh, you select one of those countries. We suggest euros. If you're in, in the UK, we suggest British pounds. And you could always override it too. I mean, you technically could have a a, a euro account in, in the UK, but I mean, it just seems a little bit weird. But I mean, you could select any currency you want. And the nice part about this too is you could buy, sell, and trade um, gold, silver, and platinum in your local currency too. So like if you're in Germany, everything in your life revolves around euros. You know, you probably honestly don't care about the euro USD exchange rate. Probably just not not in your day to day life. Um, you get to use your euros, um, and then you basically buy the gold, buy the silver, choose where to store it. Maybe you wanted to Switzerland since it's close to your home over there, um, and then you could just sell it. You get euros back. Um, so basically, you're you're buying and selling in your local currency, um, which which is a neat feature on One Gold. That's true in gold, silver, and platinum. You can do all three in different currencies. That's correct. Yeah. Okay. How how does gold? I mean, we've talked about the dollar. How's it impacted by other currencies? I mean, the, the euro and the pound. Has gold been going up against other major currencies as well? Yeah, I, actually, what's funny is I think it's 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 rallying more in most major currencies too. Because if if you look at the dollar index in the last couple of years, um, it's been rallying, and the dollar has been appreciating um, more. I guess relative to the other currencies, I mean, you saw the British pound almost hit a one for one. Uh, you you had the euro um, basically trading at, at multi-year lows too. But what that is saying is 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 the other currencies such as the British pounds and euros in the last couple of years are weaker than the dollar. Which as a, as you have a weaker currency and gold's rallying, you, that means your gold prices is likely going to be a lot higher. So you get more for your buck in a certain way, comparing it to other currencies where the other currencies are weakening more than the dollar. That's correct. Yeah. What is going on with the supply of gold? Do you think with the price being up over 1900 and on its way to 2000, that, that would encourage a lot more exploration development? Is that in fact what's happening? I think so. It's like the hard part about any mining company, too, is, is it's it's hard to get it online quickly. Like if you had to, to let's say you wanted to start a mining company right right today, you can't just go and say, OK, I'm going to start digging a hole in the ground here. There's all kinds of regulations, all kinds of approvals that you need to get from local state authorities and, and permits and all this other stuff. So it's it just it's a hard process. And I think I would think that as the metals start rallying, uh, more people are going to start trying to mine this stuff. But I think a lot of the easy deposits are already pulled out of the ground. I mean, you, you look at it, too. It's like all the all, like the California gold rush, for example. You had gold all over California. Obviously, those those don't exist anymore. Um, it's just like the I guess the low lying fruit is all gone. And, and all this incremental gold that we're going to have to mine is, is going to be much more difficult and much more costly to, to mine. One place that's been a big gold producer is Russia. <clears throat> so what is the impact of the Russian war on gold? It's had more of a, a, an impact on silver. Russia has been a large um, supplier of thousand ounce silver bars for the the the, the COMEX. So so basically they they've been supplying a large industrial silver, um, and that has been tightening up um, silver supplies too. What's interesting is is in some cases we have some months where it, it happened more during the the silver squeeze movement. This is another thing we could talk about back in 2021 where people wanted to kind of short squeeze silver to to get it to rally to to all time highs. Um, but there are some times too when when we reach out to all our wholesalers worldwide and we say, hey, we want silver, and they're like, they're saying, hey, there there is none available right now. Um, right now, obviously, we could, we could get silver, but um, it's just the the big question is how deep is that market? Um, like we do, um, I mean, we we do quite a bit of of silver. Like Nine Fine Mint is another another subsidiary company, and we do north of two hundred thousand ounces um, a week of of production and and sales over there. Um, but 
Yeah, it, it, it'll be interesting to see, uh, I guess, what, what happens if metal demand continues. But Russia has been a big producer of both silver and gold. And that is that now off the market because of the embargo against Russia? Yeah, that's correct. So they can't they they now cannot put this gold and, and silver on the exchanges um, and on and a lot of these um, warehouses um, where, where normally they would be a supplier of, of metals. And, and now they're they're not a supplier. So has that caused more of a shortage because of that taking that supply off the market? Yeah, I would say it's definitely caused premiums to go up, um, especially on the silver side, too, just because it's, it's just supply and demand. You have less supply and, and, and you have demand at basically record levels in the last couple of years, and it's just forcing premiums to go up. And anyone who's been in this business for years it could could basically confirm that silver premiums are just insane in the last couple of years. Yeah, very good. Okay, we're going to take another break. This is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Patrick Yip. He's Director of Business Development at AppMex and OneGold, which is a way for people to buy uh, physical gold, silver, and platinum. Uh, you can find out more at their website, onegold.com. We'll be back after this. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Are you a homeowner tired of making monthly mortgage payments with little progress towards paying down your principal? Does paying off your home in five to seven years without making larger or more frequent payments sound appealing? Paying off your home in full in five to seven years is really possible thanks to Truth and Equity's Mortgage Equity Optimization System, a money management approach that puts your money to work for you 24-7. If you own a home with some equity, have a decent credit score and verifiable income, you owe it to yourself to learn more about Truth and Equity's program. There's no need to replace your mortgage or refinance in many cases. The system works for new home purchases as well as current mortgages. Your home is your largest investment. Own it outright in five to seven years. Call Truth and Equity, 888-262-5540 or visit truthandequity.com, 888-262-5540. Jordan Goodman is an affiliate. He recognizes quality solutions, forming relationships to help improve the lives of his listeners. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour, Patrick Yip is Director of Business Development at AppMex and OneGold. You can find out more at their website, onegold.com. Welcome back to the show, Patrick. Hey, thanks again for having me on. So what role do precious metals, gold and silver and platinum play in diversifying a portfolio? Yeah, that's a great question too. So a lot of times if you went to a financial advisor, he or she would say like, hey, you should probably have stocks and bonds. And the thought there is if you're okay with a higher return and higher volatility, then you would be heavier in stocks. And then on the other hand, if you wanted low volatility, but potentially a lower return, you would go heavier in bonds. Uh, the downside about that, too, is, is actually in 2022, you had stocks and bonds both go down, which is typically does not happen uh, because one is supposed to offset the other. Um, but what we did, too, is we looked at um, we did an analysis looking at the past 50 or so years of data. So this is from about 1971 from Nixon, when Nixon took the the. Um, basically depegged uh, gold too. 
up until like a, 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 the recent times too. And we looked at 10-year average returns. So basically what we, we want to do is we want to look at your portfolio's return on an, an average basis over 10 years. So we're not going to penalize stocks in 2008, nor are we going to reward gold in 2011 when it, when it rallied. We want to just normalize some of this. Um, and then what we found is, is uh, this is actually interesting, looking at an 80% S&P portfolio and 20% gold portfolio. So you got rid of the bonds entirely um, and you put some in gold. Um, it actually had almost the return of 100% stock portfolio. It actually had a 6.7% annual real return. So this is adjusted for inflation and a 2.7% standard deviation. If you look at the 100% stock portfolio, it was a 7% um, real return. So it's basically 30 basis points higher, but your standard deviation was 5%. So almost over 200 basis points higher there. And then if, lastly, if you look at your bond portfolio, it had a 5% return, so a little bit lower than your stock portfolio, 200 basis points lower than your stock portfolio, and then a standard deviation of 3%, so 200 basis points, once again, lower on the volatility side. So basically, by having that 80% S&P portfolio, 20% gold, you almost had 100% stock portfolio return and the bond portfolio um, standard deviation, um, looking at that past 50 years of data. Obviously, will history repeat? No one knows. Um, but one thing I, I want to say, too, is, is obviously that's just using the last um, 50 years of data. I'm going to say everyone's allocation should be different. Mm -hmm. I would say it's definitely not 0%, or I would not recommend 0%, nor would I recommend 80 or 90%. Depends on, on when you need the money. Like I have I have parents in, in their 80s, and I, and I said, hey, you probably want to hold cash. As much as I don't like holding cash, they may need it um, in the short term. So I said, I wouldn't recommend gold. I wouldn't recommend gold. Um, S&P or bonds. It's like you need, you may need the liquidity. So obviously it, it, it depends on who you are and your allocation. Are there ways of investing in gold that produce current income? Um, I mean, other than, other than some of the mining shares that we talked about that, that, that pay like a royalty or like a dividend or something like that, um, usually precious metals um, do not pay a dividend. I almost look at it as like the best form of cash. Um, like we, we talked about earlier, it's, it's like central banks cannot print, print gold. They, they cannot print silver. Um, gold and silver are, are, in my opinion, the best forms of liquidity. They're not going to compete against cash flowing real estate or dividend paying stock. It's just it's a it's a different type of asset out there. So lately, central banks have been buying a lot of gold, millions of ounces, my understanding. Why do you think they're doing that? I think they're seeing the writing on the wall. Like if, if if you were if, if you were let's say let's say you were you were Russia you were China or someone and and with a recent war out there and, and and Russia and Ukraine it's like the U.S. is doing all kinds of crazy things taking people off the SWIFT system and to me that I mean yeah maybe in the U.S. U.S.'s best interest but that does not sound like a, a world reserve global currency um, anything that's global should not have a bias um, and, and that's probably what a lot of these countries are seeing they're like okay well. If this is supposed to be my savings, this is my reserve, and, and then some country could just make a call and arbitrarily change things, they're like, is that what I want to be in? Um, so they're probably questioning it, and I think they're running to something that has several thousand years of history, and that's, that's gold. Some people are saying the new gold is Bitcoin or cryptocurrencies, uh, which has gone up from roughly 16,000 to 23,000. While gold's been going up, so has Bitcoin. What is the relationship between Bitcoin and gold these days? I would say they're different assets. As we mentioned, gold has a couple thousand year history. In, in a thousand years, gold will still be there. Um, I cannot say the same thing for Bitcoin. I think Bitcoin was founded around 2007, 2008 during that financial crisis. Um, it's, it's what it, what is it? It's 15, 15 years um, of history. No one knows what's going to happen to Bitcoin in a recession, in an inflationary environment, 
Um, time will tell. And, and maybe maybe it goes to 100,000. Maybe it goes to a million, like some people are saying. Or maybe it goes to zero. Um, I think like we, we talked about earlier with silver, it's like weigh your, your pros, weigh your risk and your reward. Um, obviously, don't put 100% of your assets in Bitcoin. But maybe if you said, hey, I think it's realistically going to 100,000. OK, put a certain percent of your assets um, that, that you feel comfortable with it and knowing that it also could go to zero, too. Uh, but I would look at Bitcoin more as like a like a penny stock, a speculation, whereas I look at gold and silver as savings and as money. Do you think that Bitcoin is being used as a hedge against inflation, kind of similar to gold? I think people are trying to do it, but it's just like I said, there, there's not a lot of history. Um, and, and it's just to me, it's it's a little bit concerning that you have all these people that they're they're, they're buying high and they're they're hoping to sell higher. And it's like, well, what what are you getting? Um, with with gold, like I, you, you are you are you know in some ways buying high and selling higher too. But you you have thousands of years of history. Um, doesn't matter what culture you are, whether you're American, you're you're European, you're Asian, um, you're you know ancient Roman. I mean, that, there was people always valued gold uh, back then. Bitcoin is just I, I don't know. It's just like time will tell. Maybe maybe it has that history in, in a couple hundred years, but I don't know. I mean, did, will will it be there? Time will tell. Can you explain to me what is the attraction of gold? I mean, it's shiny, it's pretty, but why do people put such value into it for so many thousands of years? You could almost say the same thing about the U.S. dollar. I mean, what is the U.S. dollar? It's it's paper. It's it's digits on a computer. I mean, what what you, you need you need some type of medium of medium of exchange. And I just look at it before, and it's had thousands of years, and and you know maybe it continues as gold. It's, it likely will. Uh, but you know, I just look at history over time. I mean, we have like tulips was money at one point. You had all these weird monies, but they didn't last that long. Um, gold, on the other hand, lasted thousands of years. So I would say it, it, it's it's likely to continue. Um, every unit of gold is the same thing. I mean, they, they say it's fungible, um, basically meaning my ounce is the same as your ounce. It's it's not like one ounce is better than the other. Um, it's I don't know. Time will tell. What is the taxability of, of gold transaction? If you buy and sell gold coins. Are you supposed to report that on the 1099 and your taxes? How, what is the taxability of, of gold transactions? Are, are you talking about sales tax or capital gains tax? Uh, capital gains tax. Yeah, technically you're, you're supposed to report it. Um, I know certain customers do not. I mean, that, that's, I guess, whether you want to say pro or con or whatever, a physical precious metals is all your taxes are self-reported. But technically what you're supposed to do is you're supposed to rec report it um, as a gain. Um, it is taxed in some ways, and I'm not a tax expert, so I'm not trying to trying to give tax advice. I would say, first of all, consult your financial advisor or tax advisor. Uh, but in some cases, gold is um, taxed at, at the 28% collectibles rate, which is slightly higher than, than some of your other um, stocks and mutual funds. Uh -huh. In the roughly two minutes we have left, why don't you kind of summarize why people should put some money in gold in today's market? Yeah, I think if history repeats, gold's likely to do extremely well. Um, you had periods in the 1960s and the 1970s where gold went up from 5x um, from the 1971 to 1974, from 35 to 200. You also had it go up from 100 to 850 in the 1970s, um, primarily due to inflation. And, and the only reason gold corrected from those levels is when the Fed funds rate was higher than the inflation rate. I, I don't think that's happening anytime soon. I would say if gold repeats what it did in the 60s and 70s, um, I would not be surprised to to see a couple thousand dollar gold in, in the next couple of years. And obviously make make the right decision for you. I mean, 
allocate a certain percentage for your portfolio that you feel comfortable with. Um, if you want to buy the physical metal, um, you could go to atmex.com. That's A-P-M-E-X.com. We offer gold, silver, platinum, and palladium. We have about 25,000 products in stock available to ship. We even offer numismatics, too, if you want to get into the collector stuff. Um, and if you just want gold and you want it at the lowest price, lowest premiums, and you want basically the easiest way to buy precious metals, um, I would check out One Gold. I personally use One Gold as well. It's O-N-E-G-O-L-D.com. You could buy gold, silver, platinum, and palladium. Um, stored in the U.S., Canada, Switzerland, or London. But I would say in these times, um, it's, we are definitely in interesting times. I would recommend that everyone at least have a portion of your portfolio allocated to gold. Very good. Well, thanks so much. We've learned a lot. My guest this hour has been Patrick Yip. He's Director of Business Development at AppMex and OneGold. Uh, again, the uh, website is appmex.com and onegold.com as a way of diversifying your portfolio into gold, silver, platinum, and palladium. Thanks so much for being a guest on The Money Answer Show, Patrick. Great. Thanks again for having me on. Thanks again, and we'll be back next week with another edition of The Money Answer Show. Goodbye for now. Thank you for joining Jordan Goodman and The Money Answer Show. If you have a question for Jordan, please visit his website at www.moneyanswers.com. And be sure to tune in every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time right here on Voice America Business. See you next week.